We have read about the power of the Holy Spirit and how God's generals have through that power worked wonders. And now in this season, we refuse to be onlookers and hearers alone. But like the apostles, we are determined to experience and express the power of the Holy Spirit. With a well-rooted heart, stay conscious and receptive as we are about to experience God's power through the teaching series from the Unusual Conference 2.0 tagged Dunamis. I understand that it is a leadership seminar this morning and because we are talking from the dimension of leaders um, I will take a slight twist I mean I'll take a slight twist this morning and establish a few things with every one of us because we are all leaders at particular levels every one of us is a leader at some level and there's some level of divine expectation upon every one of us heaven has an expectation on every one of us yesterday we established that there are two dimensions of the operation of the power of god that you are either at the generating point of the power of god or you are at the receiving end of the power of god now this morning i want us to acknowledge that at one point or the other in all of our lives we were products of the receiving end of the power of God it was a power of God that brought us salvation it is a power of God that is revealing Jesus to us it is a power of God that has enabled us strengthened us and aided us to become the kind of people that we have become now that means that receiving and understanding the operation of the power of god is absolutely important especially if you have to lead now for those of us who are leaders i'm going to touch a few things okay how many of us are leaders if you are a leader please wave at me if you are a leader please wave at me okay drop your hands sirs and mass if you did not wave now wave at me okay uh, some people didn't wait you can't lie in church if you did not wave the first time now wave at me one two three so who told you that you are not a leader because i thought that in my opening statement i just mentioned that every one of us is a leader now the problem is that many times we think of leadership positionally we don't think of leadership functionally and let me tell you the truth part of what seems to be killing the church of jesus consistently is when people who are not functional leaders become positional leaders part of what is killing the nation right now is when people who are not functional leaders become positional leaders and this morning i was speaking to you about the power of god to lead in fact when anybody finds the power of god he becomes a leader in the context of his or her generation hallelujah okay i'm waiting for those of us who are coming in to come in and settle down so that we can take up together hallelujah blessed be the name of the lord blessed be your name blessed be your name blessed be your name blessed be your name Abba Father Blessed be your name Blessed be your name Blessed be your name Blessed be your name Hallelujah 
Blessed be your name, blessed be your name, blessed be your name, blessed be your name, Abba Father. Blessed be your name, blessed be your name, blessed be your name, blessed be your name, hallelujah. Blessed be your name, blessed be your name, blessed be your name, blessed be your name, our Father. Blessed be your name, blessed be your name, blessed be your name, blessed be your name, hallelujah. Now, amen. Do I have everybody's attention? So, the moment you discover that you are already a leader, you start to function as a leader. It is your functioning as a leader that people are supposed to identify and then give you a position that grants you the authority of the leadership you already have. Uh-uh. I don't think you heard me. Do they say amen in this church? Do you say amen when you are blessed? Do you say, and I want to be sure. Do you say amen? Okay, so let me go again and see in case you will get me this next time. Alright? I said, the problem that the nation and the church seems to have is that people are given positional leadership when they have not become functional leaders. But that the God order is supposed to be that you rise up to become a leader then people see your leadership and many times create a position I, I wish you heard me and many times create a position that will grant you authority and freedom to exhibit the leadership you already carry That means that the maximization of my understanding of leadership causes that even if there is not an existing position that suits the kind of leadership I exhibit, the present structure is forced to create a position to permit that I receive authority to function with liberty. If you heard me, many things will change inside of you. In fact, if you heard me, you will realize that the drive and the chase to arrive at an office will die. Because you really don't need an office to be a leader. One day I said to my church, I said, I, 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 I'm beginning to think that this pastor title and this general overseer office is becoming limiting and of course everybody's eye open and I said to them I, I feel that it limits me I said because what I believe my calling is is I believe that I should stir up other people to rise up to the fullness of their calling and every one of us that is called to fivefold ministry I am sure already understands this 
that our calling is to stir up people to rise up into the fullness of their own calling and then i said to them but i have a problem my problem now is that when i do what the average christian is supposed to do the first response in the heart and in the mouth of the people is ah pastor oh you didn't get it so i am doing something that every christian is supposed to be able to do but many christians automatically separate themselves from the ability to do it the moment they add your title to it ah pastor what they mean by that is you are able to do what you are able to do because so the real impact you are supposed to be making on them seem to now be suspended because they have explained in their minds why you did what you did and by that explanation they have limited and excluded themselves because whatever you give an explanation for you can never overcome is anybody hearing me that's the reason why jesus required the operation of the gift of faith that day to heal that man who had been by that pool in Bethesda for 32 years there was nothing the man said that qualified him for healing jesus said will you be made whole the answer is yes or no the first thing the man expressed are his disadvantages and the moment a man begins by expressing his disadvantages if you go to john chapter 3 you'll find a story there alright it's a popular story so um, if we don't even get to read it I'm sure you'll, you'll get to see it the Bible says there was a man of the Pharisees whose name was Nicodemus who came to Jesus by night now stop I need you to see the contradictions in this story because this morning I'm talking to leaders and I will have to speak about you accessing the power of God to change the life of others or lead the life of others so the Bible says that there was a man of the pharisees whose name was nicodemus and he was actually a high-ranking pharisee the bible said he came to jesus by night listen to me this was an interface between a positional leader and a functional leader now i hope you know that jesus throughout his lifetime did not have a structure did not have an organization and did not have a position ah he was rabbi not because he was consecrated rabbi in the temple he became rabbi functionally so the guys oh let me put it properly the boys who were around him called him our teacher not because he went to some school and received a baptism i told you functional leadership is more important than positional leadership I will show you one piece of scripture in this leadership bit of the before we take the break and then when we return from the break we will delve into Ephesians chapter 1 that you may know what is the exceeding greatness of his power that is at work in us that believe so a positional leader Nicodemus 
head of the Pharisees. In fact, he, let me tell you the reason why the Pharisees and the scribes killed Jesus. His everyday positionless life confronted their bogus positional life. Uh, let me tell you why. Ah, can, I, can I say this to you? Can I, say, can I say this to you? The day you choose to be functional, you have to have the wisdom to deal with that which is positional. Because if that which is positional stops, to be, stops being functional, your functionality becomes the greatest threat against positional leaders who are not functional. If mommy and daddy sit down and appoint somebody the head of a branch church, and let us suppose, I don't know how victory life does it, but let us suppose that because of the particular need of that particular branch, mommy and daddy sit down in the center and they are sending money monthly. Let's estimate, let's say 500,000 monthly. Let us see how this church can develop. Let us strengthen it. So they are sending money. They are calling that pastor consistently. And after like two years, the church has like 12 members. They are already tired. They just didn't tell you. Okay. Then imagine, listen to this very closely. Then imagine that one boy just comes to that branch from campus. And he walks into that branch. And the first day he gives a charge out of the same Bible that all of us have. I will show you why Paul said, Tell Archippus that he should make full proof of the ministry that he has been called unto. There is nobody who has made full proof of their position. And a position is a great privilege and an authority and liberty to operate. Normally, when there is no position, there is no liberty. So let me give you the picture. If Jesus entered the temple while Jesus the Savior was alive, he will sit down somewhere in the congregation. And the best they gave him to do is they say, come and read this scroll. So the best function Jesus Christ, son of the living God, had within the structure was Bible reading. And yet, the boy finished Bible reading and the whole church followed him to the back of the desert. Hey, listen to this. this this service and this teaching has only one intent to provoke every one of us to rise up to the fullness of our calling I figured out that in this world there's no reason, no need to be intimidated by anybody if I find a man who is making full proof of his ministry I owe myself three things First and foremost, to celebrate the fact that this guy has made proof of his ministry. Number two, to be provoked enough to say to myself, 
Where was I when this guy was making full proof of his ministry? Because every man in his office is the most beautiful among men. Ah, uh, I wish you heard me. The office you occupy, nobody can occupy it as beautifully as you do. So I tell you about positional leaders and functional leaders. So imagine that the Lord Jesus was in this service. Just help me imagine that these seats where we are seated as ministers are here. If all of us as ministers are sitting here, if Jesus Christ, the Son of God, walked into this service, it's ushers that will show him where to sit. I said that to say to you that where you are is not the reason why you are the way you are. So, people seem to exalt and see the glamour of positions rather than see the responsibility of function. So, the Lord Jesus enters a service. The best they gave him was Bible reading. He finishes the Bible reading and he makes the mistake of adding one statement after it this day this scripture is fulfilling your eyes then he went back and sat down one statement he added sir today we don't know the name of the pharisees and the scribes and the chief priests the service leader of that service we don't know his name the main speaker of that service we don't know his name if there was a guest speaker today we don't know his name but one boy you, I, I, I always like to remind people that if Jesus was alive today imagine a 30 year old young man it's because you are reading him in the bible now that's why you have an exalted view of him he was a 30 year old young man whose history is known to his family people were not even sure whether he was legitimately born so I, I said I was preaching in a church in Lagos about maybe 6-7 years ago and it was a church full of old people and I said to them some of you think you believe in Jesus it's because you didn't meet him if you met him on the days he was walking on the earth you too might not have followed for his meetings maybe the best you would have done is sit down at home and say Kai that boy is trying you know the way the boy is becoming popular these days you know what I've been taking my time to explain why Nicodemus came by night Nicodemus first was sincere enough to say to himself I hold the office that boy is doing the work and yet Nicodemus was not humble enough to identify with where the work is because of his bid to protect the position. 
can I say something, especially to those of you who are younger, please listen to me very carefully. Because if you are actually hearing me in this service, I'm not talking to those who have position. My real target is those of you who don't have an office. And you think that not having an office is the excuse. People called me pastor at least eight years before oil touched my head for ordination. <laughs> I received formal ordination in 2006. In fact, the day they ordained me formally, it was like they stole me to the ordination. Because if I had known that day that my general overseer was planning to do ordination, I'll have escaped the service. But from as far back as 1998, the Lord is my witness. As, as far back as 2002, it was difficult for people to call me by my first name without adding pastor. It was people had to brace up to say Chintok. Because even they were not comfortable. It was in 1997-1998 that people started saying pastor 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 so the title didn't come by position it came because wherever we went like master taught us we were doing good when we sat down with the bible we studied it like pastors would because we understand that you don't study the bible to preach it you have to first study the Bible to understand it and live it. So in 1994, when I decided that I was going to order my life by this Bible, I started live, reading it like my life depended on it. My parents were not pastors. The best they had was eldership in a traditional church. In the church I grew up in, you pray in tongues, you are possessed with devil. So when I got filled with the Holy Ghost in 1994, I told myself, I said, I'm either in trouble or they are in trouble. And I came back and I found out that there were other boys who were cultists like me. Oh, you didn't get that part. Yeah, because as at that time, if you were filled with the Holy Ghost, you were possessed or you belonged to a cult. So I found a, a few other young youth fellowship people who were cultists like me and they were praying in tongues. Now their own problem was that they were not wise enough. They took the membership of the church. When I realized that the church had the power to suspend you for speaking in tongues and getting people filled with the Holy Ghost, I refused to take membership. My membership was the membership of my father. But my parents were in the church. So, when they come for Holy Communion, I don't eat it because I'm not a member. And that's where they suspend people. And they cannot suspend my father for the sin of his son. And guess what? When they started plotting against my father because they believed that his parents, they'll just get up and be telling my our, our parents, parents, learn to control your children. 
Even our parents knew who they were talking to. My father was very functional in church, so it was difficult for them to confront him. So they would come to preach in church on Sunday. Parents, learn to control your children. These days, children are going everywhere. Some of them have come back. They are doing ba 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 ba. My father would sit down there quietly. When I noticed that the persecution was getting much, you know what I did? I found the children of the lead reverend of the church and made them my friends. Then one day in the evening, we came for band practice and the power of the Holy Ghost fell. And they got filled with the Holy Ghost. Both of them, as I'm talking, I'm looking at both of them. Both of them are ministers of the gospel as we speak. <laughs> so we buried the trouble in his house. Oh. It was the best way to solve the problem. So the message had to change. From parents control your children to the children of this generation, we don't understand. At least I saved my father some persecution. I said that to say, I didn't become a pastor because they poured oil on me. I started to function as one. And when I picked up the function, I didn't start because I was targeting to become a man of God. I started because in 1994, after I got filled with the Holy Ghost, I said to myself, if this Bible is God's word, I will prove by my life that it is God's word. So I'll find everything in it and live by it. By 1997, 1998, people began calling me pastor, 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 pastor. By 2002, it was difficult for people to call my name without adding pastor. Then finally, by 2006, they snuck me to the altar because I was just sitting down. It was the last day of our church convention and I was just happy. God had done mighty things. And as at that time, I was assistant lead pastor of a branch without ordination. It was while they were rounding up the service that my lead pastor turned and looked at me and he did me come. So I came. I said, yes, sir. Then he said to me, ah, it's like mama is going to do ordinations today. I said, eh, why do you think so, sir? He said, she asked for your name last night. The first thing I said, because my lead pastor was more my friend than he was even my boss. The first thing I said is, sir, why didn't you tell me yesterday? I told me yes, I would have escaped this service. Because till then, I wasn't sure I was ready for ordination. But let, let me leave the stories and teach. But I, I'm sure somebody was blessed by that story, right? So, Nicodemus was sincere enough to admit that this guy is doing the work. But he was not humble enough to submit to the work that this boy was doing. So what Nicodemus did was to preserve the prestige of his position. He waited until everybody was asleep. Then he carried the last drops of his humility 
and found a place to meet with this boy forgive me you you can hear me saying this boy this boy it's because paul said to timothy do not let anybody despise you because you are your mommy recently i preached a message i told them the things jesus did to delete our excuses one of it was that he did his entire ministry between 30 and 33 so that nobody can say i'm too young one of the other things was that he made sure he was born in the village god made sure that the year they were born jesus his parents relocated to the village so that you cannot wake up and say because i came from village if i had gone to school like all these boys that's the third one god made sure that jesus didn't have formal education don't worry i have my university certificate but you can sit down where you are and say who i wish i was as educated as pastor chintok see how articulate he is in language and expression i did not learn articulation in school i was anointed by god to gain utterance. there are certain things god made sure were resident in the life of jesus just so that he can erase our excuses one of the other things is that god made sure that the highest authorities in the land were against him from the day he was born <laughs> so if you say the reason why i'm not fulfilling my destiny is because government is against me that is against me that is against me god is looking at you and saying you how old are you there's a lot i'm 25 he said the government was against Jesus from when he was two. They looked for him to kill him. But by looking for him to kill him, they propelled him into destiny. Because the Bible says that God appeared to Joseph and said, take forth this child and flee to Egypt. The God that divided the Red Sea and buried Pharaoh and finished his army told the father of Jesus, run away. He tells you that you don't survive battles by bone face you survive battles by knowing the word of the Lord there are days God wants you to stand so that he can reveal his glory there are other days God wants you to run the Bible said Matthew was recording that and he said that it might be fulfilled which was written by the prophet out of Egypt have I comfort my son So even the opposition of Herod could only help him align in destiny. See, I left one message to enter another one briefly. But, so how many of you still have excuse? What was your excuse? One of the other things, let me conclude that other message that I entered into. 
one of the other things God made sure of was that he made sure that the father of Jesus died when he was still a child if you realize the last we heard of Joseph was when Jesus was 12 so by the time Jesus was 30 and it was time to fulfill his ministry his father Joseph was dead so if you get up and you say ah if I only had parents that would support me you, you can take that one that's bonus it's not part of this money it's bonus it's bonus the things God ensured to erase our excuses so, and God made sure he did it in the life of Jesus the Christ the son of the living God so that none of us listen I figured out that there's nobody who has all of these factors against him at once God made sure that all of the factors were against Jesus at the same time and Jesus got up and fulfilled his destiny Today I bury every excuse here. Ah, your amen, your amen has epilepsy. I said today I bury every excuse here. There is no reason why you should not be all that God has called you to be. No reason. No reason. So let, let me get back to my story quickly. I've got a few more minutes. Nicodemus snuck his way and he said something that will take me to my, the heart of my message he came by night to preserve the prestige of his position and he said master we know that you are a teacher sent from God stop Two verses later Jesus said are you a teacher of Israel and you don't know these things so a teacher of Israel looks at a boy and says you are a teacher from God what I want to ask you is what did he see he did not see training he saw fruit some of the problems some of us have is that we are in training forever you know training or what contemporary believers call process seems to be one of the excuses that we can easily postulate as a reason why we are not manifesting so you hear very spiritually sounding things like everybody has their time you hear and those things are true true except that there is a point you stretch truth to that what it will birth is error so truth is not in only declaring fact Truth is in fact expressed within the context of 
time and usefulness. <laughs> How many of you have said before, when my time comes, God is working on me now, when my time comes. So let me ask you, how do you know when your time comes? I will show you something from scripture. It will shift something inside of you. Jesus had never done a miracle publicly. And no documented miracle. Then they come for the wedding in Cana of Galilee. Where the Bible said his first mighty work was done. Are you following? Then wine finishes. Then his mother. Because of the mix of her emotions. Was placing demand on his lordship sir. And called him son. I, 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 I wish you heard me. They came for a wedding. Because of the mix of emotions. Maybe if you ask mommy this. It will, she, she will. I mean she. She's a much older woman. She will understand it. I'm sure mommy being married to apostle. There is sometimes the conflict of my pastor, my husband, my friend, my... That was the conflict that was happening inside the mother of Jesus. This is the child she carried. But this is also a demand that does not come because it's your child. It's a demand that comes because now the hand of God is upon him so she looks at him and she says son they have run out of wine if what you say is son then you must be the provider of the instruction of what to do I wish somebody heard me. Lord, whatever you're doing in the season, don't do it without me. Don't do it without me. Disclaimer. This is not me saying run out of the process of God to go and manifest yourself. That will be, it will be a, an accident waiting to happen. But I am saying, don't be comfortable in process. Such that when time has come, you are still holding on to process. Like process is an excuse. Verse 3, John chapter 2. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. What was she operating? Mother. Next verse. Jesus said unto her, woman, stop. What did he do to her? He moved her from the positional office mother. Because if she holds on to her positional office mother, it disables 
and disqualifies. I said disables and disqualifies. The person who is disqualified for the miracle is her. The person who is disabled to perform is him. You realize that the Bible says that he went to his hometown and there he could do no many mighty works. The reason was because every time they saw him, mommy, they, ah, Jesus, ah, now, I heard that you have left carpentry. They are now jumping from town to town. Hey. But you know that in Israel, boys don't leave the legacy of their fathers. Ah. Is there a way you can be mixing this ministry and small carpentry? The Bible didn't say he did not do. The Bible says he could not do. That means if you displace a man, you disable him. You take a man out of his office. You take a man out of his ordination. You disable the man. The man can no longer function. And sometimes, especially when you are dealing with somebody who is younger, the tendency is to think that they disrespect you. Because the next time they will call you, they will not call you mother, they will call you woman. It is in an attempt to reclaim their office so that they can enter into a proper operation. Ah! I wish you heard Lord and Savior looked at his mother and said woman in that one call sir I mommy I took the time one day to teach about Mary I said you can blame Catholics for all I care Mary mother of God pray for us sinners she does not have the ordination of that priesthood and yet if you follow the faith of that woman in truth, my God, the things Mary took from Jesus, there are not too many mothers that can take from their children. Do you know, sir, that boy looked at his mother and called her woman. She didn't hold her breast and curse him. Because she understood the spirituality of it beyond the emotionality of it. May God save us from our emotions. So, Jesus in his office, he had returned from the wilderness. His mother said, son, they have no wine. To ascend back into his place. He said. Woman. What have I to do with you? He said. For my hour. My time. Has not yet come. That means. What people use this for is. Oh my time has not come. That's what I was trying to address. Right? But. Ah. Then his mother did something instantly. Verse 4. Verse, verse 5. His mother turned. And then she said to the other servants. 
he has just declared that this one will not be done with me he said what have I to do with thee do you know one of the most powerful lessons in the life of Mary was that in three and a half years she journeyed from being mother to being disciple in three and a half years because he said what have I to do with you I determined the hour and my time is not come she walked out looked at the servants and said to the servants I just missed the operation uh, let me talk to those of you who are young do you even know your ordination so how do you know when you are taking out of the space of your ordination I avoided my biological family for four years because I needed to make transition into my ordination I found out sir that every time I was around them I felt normal ordinary I felt like paper every time I left the environment of my family and I entered the environment of my ordination I felt alive I could stop the power of God then I said to myself in their best interest I need to go away because if I go away two things will happen number one I will affirm my ordination so that next time I come among my siblings nobody is in doubt of my ordination but the second thing that will happen is that it will also give them time to observe the working of God in the life of his servant so that when they observe and they have accepted the hand of God in my life by the time I return when they need the servant of God I can stay up the servant of God and when they need their brother I can still be their brother I hope you know that in the midst of this Jesus went home a bit often and he still was their brother you remember one day his brothers advised him he said oh boy you cannot be doing mighty works like this and you are going inside villages everybody's in Jerusalem for the feast go there do one miracle let the whole town gather then Jesus turned and looked at them and he said because of the realm you operate your time is always you're always looking for opportunities but from the realm I operate my time is not always there has to be one who will point it out to me notice he didn't go at their word but they came to the feast later and they found him there <laughs> he's an amazing master anybody getting blessed this morning so hear me my time is not yet my time is not yet what you are actually saying is I have not discovered my ordination so your time is not yet it's not our fault So you are standing in front of a circumstance and they say in my day 
in your day when you say that in my day say it shamefully do you understand it when you say in my day this kind of thing will not happen I shout like that a lot especially over this nation I have a strong priesthood for Nigeria have a strong priesthood for Nigeria strong because of how strong my priesthood is I don't have I don't want to have anything to do with present politicians because I see what God is building in the nation and I see what is now I see how far away it is so like John the Baptist I don't even want to I'm trusting God for the creation of a new generation and some people are ordained for the present set some people are ordained for them I'm, I just am not so everybody has to answer his ordination according to his day do you understand me for instance I don't expect that myself an apostle on the same day do you understand it eh, you know when these people answered they are called to ministry some of us were not born I cannot come and be hustling generation with him. We're not in the same generation. Of course, I am learning from his generation because I know my time is soon come. And I told you when you say that, say it shamefully. Because what it means is I am yet understanding the fullness of my ordination. That the moment I enter the fullness of my ordination, my time is so you cannot be in process forever and let me say this one it will pain a few very humble people to pain humble people because that humility is not humility it's humility you know the difference now and the moment you accept your ordination you are not sorry about it in any way so no man is humble about his ordination before men his humility about his ordination is before God when a man enters his ordination in front of men the, the, there is nothing on his face that says this man is humble God was ordaining Jeremiah a young man and he said to him don't fear their faces he said you will go where I ask you to go and you will say exactly what I tell you to say so many times a man in his ordination is a representation of God and at that point he's not seeing age he's not seeing size he's not seeing all that is upon him is the fire when he's done then he can say ah uncle good day sir Mommy, where am I? You don't apologize for your office. Many of us expand the boundary of our humility into our office, and it makes that we cannot function maximally. I need to get out of there. I was telling you the story between the functional leader and the positional leader. And my prayer is that those of us that already have positions the lord will make us more functional and those of us that don't have position will even begin to find functionality 
because when your functionality arrives at its maximum if a position is not available it will be created <laughs> they, they, they always accuse pastors and say well we don't want to lose members then we make them pastors or give them one position in church what do you think what do you actually think it's not every member you don't want to lose If there's a member you don't want to lose, it means that the member is functional. I wish you heard me. And it is between us pastors and God whether your functionality is on the basis of anything carnal or fleshly. But whether carnal or spiritual, nobody wants to lose a functional person. That's the truth. And many times, we have to suppress our earthly emotions and submit under the lordship of the God who called us to be able to release people who are functional. At some point, let me save you that story. Let me save you that story. But the Lord will bring you understanding in your heart. One day, a young man came to me and he said to me, Ah, sir, I was just about to leave my church and I've just been persecuted so badly by my pastor. And bada, 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 bada. Then I turned and I said to him, congratulations. He said, pastor, what do you mean? I said, it means when you were there, you were functional. And it is that faithfulness that God chose to reward by releasing you into a next phase of assignment. So don't blame your pastor. It is your functionality he doesn't want to lose and even though his reaction is wrong yet if you look at his humanity you will excuse his reaction that's the truth because at some point it almost became a headache for me i started to say to myself why is it the most faithful workers pastors that suffer the most persecution when they're about to leave Ha! I found the answer. It is your faithfulness that made you functional. Yeah. And your functionality became almost indispensable in the system. How do you expect a lead pastor to take a man upon whom a lot of trust has been bestowed on? And you are walking away and you think he should be smiling and be happy. Anything they do to you, just take it. And to, you know I'm not excusing senior pastors. By the grace of God, I've released a number of people. And I've done my best to release them well. But I'm saying to you, now you understand it. Then I added, I said to him, and that last phase of persecution that you thought was a persecution, was God hastening to finish the things that are undone in your life. So that by the time you arrive at your own leadership, you can be truly faithful. By that announcement, if I hear you say, Pim, because somebody is leaving, then you too, you fall to the sin of lack of understanding. Because if God commits a structure to your hand, if a faithful man is leaving the structure, the dilemma with him is who else can feel this thing? A pastor has served with you for 35 years. Then he gets up one day and says he's going. Do you know how much trust is in 35 years? 
Come, please. Be, be gentle on pastors. Be gentle. You don't have the slightest feeling. One day, oh, why am I talking like this now? Lord, help me. Lord, help me. One day, one of my daughters posted a video online. It was a video of a pastor who had warned a bride and a groom not to come late for their wedding. And he had established it as a rule in church. And according to the videos, you know social media has exaggeration powers to discredit the church of Jesus. You know that, right? So according to the video, follow me, this leadership session, if you are not a leader and you are hearing this, I'm saying, better grow, because if you run your mouth, because we're supposed to be having this session with people who have grown in their capacity. So my daughter said, what kind of thing is this? All these pastors just think they are God. They will do whatever. They arrived late. Then the pastor said, he will not come down from his office to join the wedding. He said the bride and the groom with one representation of each of their families should meet him in his office. He will join the wedding there. Social media went agog. He wants to spoil their day. Will somebody marry twice? Blah, 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 blah. Then I saw my daughter comment on it. I reached her straight. I said, if you don't pull down that comment now, I will disown you from the spirit. If that doesn't mean anything to you, it's okay, you can move on now. Do you know what a spiritual covering is? Go and read Hebrews chapter 13, you know it. If a spiritual covering tells you, I'll pull my cover off you. My brother, cool down. Don't cool down. Take a bottle of Coke. Calm down. Then I told her, well, three weeks ago, I almost did it. She said, ah, I said, ah. I said, yeah, I almost did it. I said, because I want them throughout counseling. Whatever you need to settle, settle it the day before. It is wrong. Sometimes we counsel ministering to thousands. Just to honor you. Then we will come to church and sit down. They will not be waiting for you. Because you are rubbing powder. They are not born you. Is it powder I want to join? If the makeup artist has not finished, she should leave it. Come looking like a masquerade. It might even help you focus on your covenant. Sometimes on wedding days, we focus too much on the externals. So we are saying things during our wedding we are not even thinking of. You are taking a covenant for your lifetime. And you are saying it carelessly. I, I. Lydia, Lydia, take you, take you. You are saying it in a hurry because you want to finish. You, you want to go. I take you, Balaji. But I take you, Balaji. Tell me my love for you. My love for So the weight of covenant is gone. Because of the frivolities of 
any anybody who everybody knows in my church a wedding is a fully spiritual prophetic service i will not begin to join you until the power of god is present if i don't sense the power of god in the atmosphere we will wait me and you when he comes and all of us enter the fear of the lord then i can ask you some questions my first wedding vow is are you born again are you filled with the holy ghost do you believe in his leadership and do you believe his lord over this marriage you are not if you can't answer it i tell you no, no you can just go to the closest court sign papers it's not you can't not under my cover not under my cover my daughter made noise about it i told her sort of you don't know what the pastor went through guess what the next week the pastor died because they shipped him in from the hospital to join the wedding you heap judgments on yourself because you are talking about leaders and you don't know what what they are going through I told somebody I was once a child now I'm older I have walked into shoes now and because I've walked into certain shoes now I understand certain things better I'm a lot more merciful to certain mistakes so the functional leader the positional leader came and said we know that you are a teacher sent from God now hear this this was where I was going to all morning he said for no man can do the things you do except God be with him hmm? literally speaking no man can do the things you do except Emmanuel now Jesus went on to correct a notion in Nicodemus even though what Nicodemus said was true God has to be with a man for a man to do the kind of things that Jesus is doing. Then Jesus corrected the notion of Nicodemus by helping him understand that God being with a man is not a function of So I want to be with that man. I want to be with that woman. I want to be with this girl. Jesus, because look at verse 2 and verse 3. Go back, go back. Look at verse 2 and verse 3. Then you ask me, then you tell me what God, Jesus, the same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. Verse 3, and Jesus answered. Which question was asked? No, 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 I'm asking you a question. And Jesus answered and said, what was the question that Nicodemus asked? Because to answer, there must be a question. Nicodemus didn't ask a question. What was Jesus answering? He was answering the state of Nicodemus' heart. In the heart of Nicodemus, God didn't choose me, he chose you. So see me now, I'm occupying office. But I cannot do certain things. You, you don't even have the office. God is doing certain things by you. And many Christians are limping upon the crutches of their thought that God has favorites. So when Jesus answered him, 
and said, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. First thing Jesus was trying to tell him is this thing is available to every man except that men have refused the new birth. You see, the new birth is not so that you can go to heaven. The new birth is so that you can perceive the operations of the kingdom of God. Then when you yield yourself to the workings of the blood, the water, and the spirit, according to verse 5, then you become a participant in making those things happen. So simply put, Jesus was saying to Nicodemus, God does not select who will do mighty things and who will not do mighty things. Any man who subjects himself to the processes of God's refining ends up coming out doing mighty things within the context of his ordination. Please take note of my last statement within the context of his ordination. Some were ordained to be fivefold ministers. It is alright for them to rock, walk miracles and have entrance and utterance. If you were not ordained by God unto the fivefold ministry, we still expect to see the mighty works of God in oil and gas. We still expect to see the mighty works of God in the banking sector. We still expect to see the mighty works of God in the economics of nation. We it, there is no way a believer should be done with his work and the work is put beside an unbeliever and is comparable. The least standard according to the Old Testament is 10 times better. But you know how he does it? Ephesians 3.20 According to the mighty power that is at work in you. So Jesus Jesus never taught himself or thought of himself as a special selected one from God he always thought of himself as the chief sample of what everybody is supposed to be if I was the one Nicodemus said to no man can do the things you do except God be with him I'll tell him thank you very much we give all glory to God But because it is master he took the time in John chapter 3 to show us that this power these mighty workings are available to everyone he said so if you permit yourself to be born again listen functionally speaking if you permit yourself to be reoriented according to God's perspective because some people think that born again is Lord Jesus I receive you as my Lord and my personal Savior I will never sin again that is only the beginning of beginnings if that is all you have you can tell why after you said the sinner's prayer your life still looks like the life of that your cousin who is still a shrine worshiper but if you arrive at understanding that born again means born again 
listen everyone i've been envying a father standing by the door since he's been rocking his child everyone who carries a child knows either knows or does not know the enormous trust of being the one who gives the orientation to that child so the child's earliest civilizations are the things that are around you if you love music the child is likely going to love music without choice because there's music playing around the child consistently if you study the bible the child is likely going to get up and study the bible my son runs to my wife consistently and says to her i just did my four chapters i just did my three chapters why won't he do chapters when you look at me you know why he's doing chapters he gotta do chapters it's the environment around which he was raised will anybody be surprised if david ends up a man of god how what is there anything else you know they born you inside the house of a man of god and a woman of god you are seeing how they are receiving people every day almost every anointed man of god has passed by nigeria and touched your head then you don't think you escape forget it my brother don't don't be wasting your time do you understand it so born again sir means born again I was born of my father before he oriented me according to his ways but God is giving me one more opportunity to now be born by a new father God and when I am now born by a new father the mark that I'm a member of his family is that he begins to orient me according to his ways so Jesus was simply saying to Nicodemus if you permit God to orient you according to his ways of living you will wake up and find out that you too are doing these mighty things so hear this as I close Jesus was not a product of self-discovery Jesus arrived at discovering himself because of the environment God raised him up in. So God carefully chose his father and his mother. And the prophet Simeon, on the day of his dedication, said to his mother, A sword will pierce through your own soul also, and it shall reveal the thoughts of many. Let me tell you what that means in case you don't know it. The word of God is living and active. It is sharper than any double-edged sword, piercing to the divided. So when he said a sword shall pierce through your own soul also what he was saying is the word of god will come unto you and what the prophets wrote concerning this child will come alive inside you so that you can create the environment that will tell this child who he was born to be so mary informed jesus jesus was not born the son of god He was born a child by God. He became the son of God because of the environment and the information that was poured into him. You can't undermine the ministry of Mary. That woman did an amazing job. She told him the story of the angels. She told him the story of the shepherds. She told him the visitation of Gabriel. But she didn't only tell him that she said so now we believe 
This is what Isaiah said concerning you. This is what Ezekiel said concerning you. This is what Jeremiah said concerning you. It was the same way John the Baptist was raised. I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. That was written by Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 40. How did John know that he was the one? Elizabeth did a good job. Jesus was not born with his knowledge. That means you too. You are not born with your knowledge. The day you gave your life to Christ, you gave yourself a new opportunity to create a new environment and believe a new set of informations so that the same power to do these miracles can now come to work in you. The difference between the functional leader and the positional leader is the functional leader sees the power that God has made available. The positional leader is only holding an office so that things can go well. Lift up your hand where you are and tell the Lord, Lord, move me from here. Move me to the place of true functionality. Let me not occupy an office that you have not prepared me for. I thought I would hear believers pray. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. Hope you were blessed by that inspiring message from our lead pastor and we pray it bears fruit in your life. For more transforming messages, do subscribe to our YouTube channel at Victory Life Bible Church or keep yourself updated via our website at www.victorylifebiblechurch.org. You could also follow us on our social media platforms on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter at VLBCINT. God bless you.